All right. Welcome back to Journalistic Integrity. It is Tuesday, February 1st, and my Kansas City Chiefs have been eliminated from the playoffs. And Patrick Mahomes had an Aaron Rodgers-esque second half of the game, only scoring three points, including overtime from the five-minute mark in the second quarter. And it's not all that surprising if you've been following the Chiefs or Andy Reid in his uh, eight years with the Chiefs. Every four years, the Chiefs have had massive, massive blown playoff leads. And it started in Andy Reid's first year in 2013, up 28 points, up 38-10 in the third quarter against the Andrew Luck-led Colts. Colts come back and win 45-44. And then we hop four years later in 2017, up 21-3 at the half against the Tennessee Titans. Titans go on to win 22-21. to That was the Marcus Mariota throws the pass, deflected, catches his own pass for a touchdown. And then obviously the 2021 playoffs that happened on Sunday, up 21-3 as well. Only score three points the remaining 35-plus minutes of the game and lose 27-24. Kansas City was undefeated 21-0. When Tyreek Hill scores a touchdown, now obviously 21-1. and one. Back to the Rodgers comparison. Rodgers, four-time MVP, 18 seasons in Green Bay. Green Bay consistently had good teams. And you look back and you're like, how did he only have one Super Bowl? And now Mahomes is on, Not he's not on that trajectory right now, but you're starting to see what it looks like, the beginnings of a really successful quarterback, really good team, but coming up empty in these big spots. And now you got Kelsey turning 33 next year. Tyreek Hill still has a few more years in his prime. But you start to look back on it and a couple mistakes, a couple bad coaching decisions. And all of a sudden you look up and Mahomes has been in the league for five seasons and only won one Super Bowl. And it sounds weird to say only one Super Bowl. But when you look at the Chiefs team, Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. Tyreek Hill is the best receiver in the league, at worst, a top three receiver. And then Kelsey, by far, is the best tight end in the league when it comes to catching, when it comes to running after the catch and blocking. Kelsey's the best tight end. And you always feel when you've got all these talented players surrounded by the best quarterback that this Super Bowl window is going to be 10, 15 years. But go ask Packers fans. Go, I'm sure we could bring Reed on and he would rattle off all the different mistakes that were made between 2010 and 2020 that allowed Green Bay to go Super Bowlless with arguably the best quarterback during that span. And now you've got a window with the Chiefs where if Kelsey loses a step, if Tyreek is lost you know, for a stretch due to injury, all of these things happen really quickly and you look up and that Super Bowl window's gone and it's already been five, six, seven, eight years without a Super Bowl. So Mahomes won the Super Bowl his second season starting. And what, what would you say the over-under for Super Bowls was then? It was probably like four, four and a half. And now, after four seasons starting only one Super Bowl, what would you say the over-under for Mahomes Super Bowls is? Two and a half? Mahomes wins the over-under one and a half more Super Bowls for his career. And so these windows, it's really hard to stay at the top of the NFL. And when you've got a collection of talent, you've really got to strike while the iron's hot. Andy Reid's getting older. And it would be really disappointing if this collection, this Kelsey, Hill, Mahomes, and Reid only win one Super Bowl. So hopefully they get another one 
not too disappointed. You know, it was weird. I, I didn't get that nervous until the overtime. So the kick, I, Bucker's been money. I knew he was going to make that. And I still had faith because I've seen so many Chiefs comebacks, so many improbable comebacks that I wasn't nervous until the first throw of overtime where Mahomes airmails it on first and 10. I was like, oh, okay, he's he's rattled. And you kind of saw tidbits of that throughout the game, but that was the first time I was like, dang, this he doesn't look right. And the Chiefs can come back on anyone, but they can also give up comebacks. And for the uh, college basketball fans this year, it's been like the Miami Hurricanes basketball team. Whether they're up 30 or down 30, the game is far from over. And with that, let's transition to what happened in the actual game. So let's go to the first big moment into the first half. Andy Reid earlier had inexplicably used a timeout prior to making a challenge, which made no sense on a bunch of different levels. But anyway, on the drive, Tyreek Hill pass interference on Cincinnati in the end zone. So they've got a first and goal on the one, nine seconds left. First play in completion, five seconds left. And if you're Mahomes, the worst case scenario is a quick incompletion and you click and you kick a field goal. You get three points, go into half, up 24 to 10. Instead, Mahomes freaks out, throws it to Tyreek Hill, who's flanked by two defenders. No possibility he gets in the end zone and he's tackled inbounds. Game over. So the play call isn't great. Why are you running routes that are not in the end zone because you know you can't throw it and be tackled in bounds? My guess is Tyreek was the decoy. So he goes out left in the flat. He's supposed to pull that hook curl defender, Eli Apple, out wide. Okay, and then they have a crosser coming from the other side to fill in that voided zone that Tyreek Hill is pulling Apple out of. Mahomes was sped up a little bit. He sees five seconds. He glances at that crosser really quickly. He doesn't like it. And that clock was just a couple seconds quicker than reality. And then he freaks out. Bad decision. And it's we've seen it in these playoffs time and time again. These games are decided by one or two plays and one or two decisions, whether it's a quarterback decision or coaching decision, a dropped interception like we saw in San Francisco. These games are so close. They hinge. They turn on these singular plays throughout a game. So we're in the second half. Kansas City up two scores. Travis Kelsey drops a third down, one of those kind of floaters over his shoulder, drops that. But it doesn't seem like a big deal because the Chiefs are still in control, up a couple scores, getting a little stagnant. But that happens with the Chiefs. They're the classic on-off switch. When they need to score, they're going to score. We saw that at the end of the regulation period when they got the field goal but in the middle in between and if you're a Chiefs fan you've seen this all the time stagnation so Kelsey drops it Burrow gets a field goal then another big play Mahomes interception defense alignment jumps up catches it then Chase catches a fade for a touchdown and two-point conversion all of a sudden you look up and you're like wait it's 21-21 it happened very quickly and after that interception that Mahomes threw the defense alignment he changed a little bit. There's something in his eyes. You've got Hardman and Hill yelling at each other on the sideline. And the Chiefs, they're so much better when they play relaxed. And when they start to think, when they start to second-guess themselves, when Mahomes starts to second-guess a quick throw because he's afraid of an interception or another tip pass, when you've gotten in Mahomes' head and he's got to think twice about plays, that's when the Chiefs' offense gets tight and stagnant, and that's what happened in this one. 
And so tied at 21, Joe Burrow has some incredible scrambles where, you know, he's a really good athlete. He's a big dude, um, big scrambles on a third and six and third and seven to set up the 52-yard McPherson field goal to bring Cincy up three. Chiefs drive down. It's first and goal, 128 left, one timeout remaining for Cincinnati. So the Chiefs trying to run the clock down. This is the right call. Okay, we point out a lot of things coaches do incorrectly. I thought this was the right call. They run it on first down, so you get rid of that Cincinnati timeout. So now there's 120 left. I wanted another run just so if you don't get in, you know you're not giving Cincinnati a chance to come back down and score. That's how having a bad defense, defense that's getting lit up, that's how it affects an offense or game call where if the defense was reliable, Kansas City would have tried to score a touchdown immediately. Instead, they don't. One yard run. Then Mahomes gets sacked, which was actually a good play by him at the nine-yard line to keep the clock running, okay, because there's no timeouts, down to 40 seconds. And then on the third goal, Mahomes scrambling around, sack, fumble. He fumbles on the third goal. Cincinnati, if they just get, if the, if the little leather thing that's blown up with air hits a different point of the ball and it rolls a different direction and Cincinnati jumps on it, the game's over. Mahomes loses it with a sack fumble. Bucker, ice in his veins, 44-yard field goal. We go to overtime. Kansas City wins the toss. I'm like, all right, great. If we, you know, I'm pumped up about it, but I'm like, all right, if we go down and score a touchdown, I'm going to have to hear all week about these overtime rules and how all this stuff happens. And first throw almost intercepted by Eli Apple. Miscommunication between Mahomes and Pringle. And this was the story of the game where Mahomes stopped trusting, just like Rodgers, stopped trusting his receivers outside of Hill and Kelsey. So here's some stats for you. Tyreek Hill and Kelsey combined 17 catches, 173 yards, two touchdowns. The rest of the receivers and tight ends combined five catches, 68 yards. And one of those was a catch for like 40 yards to Hardman. 17 catches for Hill and Kelsey, five catches for the rest of the receivers and tight ends. And we saw it, the same thing with Rodgers on Rodgers' last third and long where he goes deep to Adams in double coverage instead of trusting other guys one-on-one on on the end-breaking routes. Mahomes throws it deep, corner to Hill, popped out, hit in the air, intercepted. It didn't matter if it was intercepted or incomplete. The Cincinnati Bengals were going to move the ball and get in field goal range regardless of where they started. And that was the game. T. Higgins, first-round pick out of Clemson, six catches, 103 yards. He was huge. Chiefs, we're not going to let Jamar Chase beat us. He beat us in uh, week 17, held him to, I think, like five catches, 65 yards. And here's the biggest thing. One of the biggest issues is Andy Reid getting away from the running game. He fell in love with the passing game. The first play in overtime should have been a run. Mahomes is a little rattled. The offense is a little helter-skelter. The Chiefs offensive line was pushing around the Cincinnati defensive line, especially in the run game. So McKinnon goes 12 carries, 65 yards. McKinnon and Edwards-Alaire combined, 18 carries, 101 yards, 5.6 yards per carry. And sometimes we see those stats where it's one big run and the rest are stopped. This was not it. This was literally just each run was like six yards, five yards, seven yards. And the Chiefs got away from the run. 
And when you've got a quarterback who's a little rattled, he's not trusting things. He's not trusting anyone outside of Hill and Kelsey who are getting a lot of the attention. He doesn't trust, especially after that near pick to Apple, he did not trust what his receivers were going to do on these option routes. He did, he was apprehensive. He didn't want to have another turnover. He'd already been sacked and fumbled. He'd already thrown an interception to a defensive lineman. He was already a little tight, run the ball, get a first down. They didn't do that. And Andy Reid on his play sheet just needs to have in like big red letters, run the ball, especially when you're up in the second half. Sometimes teams go the other direction where they run it too much. Andy Reid throws it too much when he's up and they lose. And it's another bad loss up 18 points, four straight AFC championship games, only one Super Bowl. Okay, let's head to the NFC Championship game. The Rams win 2017. Close game, although I didn't feel like this game was very close. I felt like the Rams dominated. This felt like a Jimmy's and Joe's type game where Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham were just better. Better athletes, smarter, crisper route runners than the secondary. Cup and OBJ, 20 catches, 255 yards. Both Cup and OBJ, great route runners. And I think Aikman was saying it during the broadcast, which I thought was a good point. On some of these moves, like the corner route to Cup for a touchdown, he does a really good job selling that he's going inside. It's just like a pitcher when they're throwing a fastball or a changeup. You want the wind-up delivery, everything to be the same. That's the same as Cup. If he's running a corner route or if he's running a post route, he's going to run straight the same. He's not going to tip anything off. And that's what allowed him to get open on that corner route. But the, the 49ers secondary, not good. They, mu they muddied it up a little bit. But if you look at all the Rams miscues, Cup drops one that could have been a touchdown. Then they've got their other receiver, Scroneck. I hadn't seen him before. He drops a wide open touchdown. They have a missed field goal. And, you know, when you look at the time of possession, 36 minutes for the Rams, 24 minutes for the 49ers. That defense was getting tired late. But still... The Niners somehow, despite the Rams moving the ball up and down the field, the Rams had only seven points in the fourth quarter, 17-7 to seven in the fourth quarter. Then the Rams score 13 unanswered, and we look at Kyle Shanahan as a head coach or an offensive coordinator in his last three playoff losses. He's been outscored 53-0 to zero in the fourth quarter. So we all remember the 2016 Super Bowl outscored 19-0 by the Patriots. Then the next Super Bowl in 2019 against the Chiefs. Chiefs win the fourth quarter 21-0. And then in this game, 13-0 in the fourth quarter for Shanahan. And the story of this one outside of the Rams receivers outclassing the Niners secondary was the 49ers, their bread and butter, the run game never got going. Debo Samuel and Mitchell, two running backs, 18 carries, 46 yards, two and a half yards per carry. It felt like every single first and 10 was just a run up the middle for no gain, one yard, loss of one yard. And it was kind of amazing the Niners were able to hang around without being able to run the ball. Jimmy G. Not terrible, 230 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. He could have thrown a lot more interceptions. It's like right when the third quarter hit, you just felt like Jimmy G was trying to throw interceptions, throwing across his body. I think it was the first throw of the second half. He throws across his body to Debo Samuel. 
Jalen Ramsey undercuts it, gets his hands on it, doesn't catch it. Ramsey has another opportunity on the sideline where he leaves his man. The instincts for Jalen Ramsey are incredible, where it's like he's playing backyard football and he can just read the quarterback's eyes and always knows where he's going. Jumps a route, ball hits him in the shoulder pad, and it's dropped. But after all that, the Niners still had a chance to get the ball back with 146 left, one timeout, and the offense never got in a groove. Pass rush coming in, Jimmy G, he got those happy feet. And, you know, a lot of people coming at Jimmy G, but he's had a lot of late drives. He had that comeback against the Rams in Week 18 to get into the playoffs where they're down 17-0. He had to have a drive at the end of regulation to send it into overtime. So it's not like Jimmy G is incapable of doing it. But I think the defining thing about Jimmy G is all of the turnover-worthy throws that he has. I mean, he could easily throw in three interceptions, and it's not like this is his first or second year. He's only had, you know, 16, 15, 20 starts. He's been in the league for a handful of years. He's got, what, 40, 50 starts under his belt, and it just doesn't look like he's going to change with these type of throws And so it seems like the Niners are going to move in a different direction. I don't think they love Lance. Lance hasn't been great, but I don't see Shanahan running it back another year with Jimmy G pulling his hair out with some of these throws. Um, So the biggest play, I mentioned this earlier. So it's tied at 17, first and 10 for the Rams on their own 15. Stafford uncorks one deep. I don't know, about 15 yards too short, right in the hands of the Rams' safety heart. Gets two hands on it. I don't know if something was in his eyes, but it wasn't even really that close. It was like he was closing his hands too quickly to try and catch it. Easy interception. He catches that 999 times out of 1,000. And that was with nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. Rams go ahead and kick the go-ahead field goal. And you never know. If Tart makes that play, the Niners have the ball on the plus side of the 50. They probably get at least a field goal. And this game could have been completely different. Going back to what I said at the top, these games decided by these singular plays and let's turn to one more play by the 49ers and so they choose on fourth and two they're up 17 14 early fourth quarter 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter fourth and two on the Rams 45 and they decide to punt and so they had a second and one Mitchell rush for negative yards then they have the play with Trent Williams in motion they give it to use check he runs it for no gain And Shanahan should have gone for it. He should have gone play action. You've got to be aggressive in these moments. Get out, win these games, especially with the Rams offense. They had just gone down and scored a touchdown. If you're Shanahan, you're an offensive coach. You've got to have these special third and short, fourth and short goal line plays that you can pull out when you need them most. Shanahan didn't do that. You know, they hadn't been able to run the ball all day. So they'd gotten stopped on second and third and short. And so he's probably going to have to throw it some sort of play action. And he just didn't trust Jimmy G. He didn't trust Jimmy G or his run game until they have to punt. And I think that was the wrong decision because regardless of where the Rams start with the ball, they they had like a 98-yard drive that ended. I forgot to mention this, the Stafford interception in the end zone. I mean, so many mistakes. Like this game could have been like a 21-point game without these bad Rams mistakes. But the Rams were going to move the ball up and down the field, whether they started with it on their own 45 or after the punt on their own 15, they were going to move the ball. And so I thought that was a missed opportunity. And I thought a play action, find Kittle, Debo in the flat, something like that. But it ultimately came down to the Niners' inability to run the ball and then lack of trust in Jimmy G. 
And so they punt. And that was it. Set up for the Super Bowl. Bengals versus the Rams. I'm not sure. I'd be interested to see the ratings for this Super Bowl. Not sure how big of a draw the Bengals are. But regardless, Joe Burrow versus Stafford. Some good storylines. Some good quarterback. Burrow coming off of of busting up his knee last year. 18 months later. After you know the Bengals go two and fourteen, have the worst record in the league, and now they're in the Super Bowl against Stafford, who was stuck in Detroit for a decade. By chance, he's Sean McVay in Cancun, and they work out a deal. Pretty amazing a story because it actually some of these stories you're like, okay, this seems a little embellished, but apparently this is really what happened. McVay just ran into Stafford in the offseason in Cancun. They started talking, hey, what if, what if? McVay gets the GM on the phone, and they work something out with Detroit. So two weeks, big game. I'm going to have some podcasts leading up to the Super Bowl, maybe a little college basketball as well, and might actually have a podcast about the Cincinnati Bengals, just how a team went from 2-14 and 14 to end the Super Bowl, break down some of their moves and all the stuff that went right for the Bengals. But thank you, everyone, for listening. Enjoy your week, and we'll talk soon. See ya.